Hello and welcome to Maine Education Matters with Matt and Matt, and my name is Matt. And I'm Matt too. It is time to review more testimony, Matt. April 22nd and 23rd, we are moving quickly towards May. <laughs> and our 200 bills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we have a lot of reading to do. <laughs> we do have a lot of stuff to do. It's a uh, lot of reading. Including on these this these two days that we had, we're going to start with April 22nd. There was a lot of testimony for a couple of these. There Inc- sure were. Including ones that I wasn't quite sure that there'd be a lot of testimony on, including this first one, which is LD 1050, an act to require education about the Holocaust. Yep. And it's very simple. It requires instruction in the Holocaust. That's what it does. That is uh, the one third page that it does. Uh, and most of that is defining, for purposes of this section, Holocaust is defined as this, this, and this. That's most yes. of the, the new law here. So I was like, why are there 30-something pieces of testimony here? And then I, I realized the same, why. I thought the same thing. And then I opened it up, and I looked at the list, and I went, oh, how wonderful. Yeah, which is really good. Abs- so, this is like... Exactly. <laughs> Ellsworth High School and Mount View High School, kudos. Nice job. Nice job. There's a Holocaust class in the at one of those high schools, and most of the kids, or I wouldn't say most, I don't know. Some of the kids at least, uh, wrote papers about it. Yeah. And the best, the best part of this one is they were not like copy-paste stuff. They were not form letters. Oh no, they were not. They were all individual. It was all individual student voice. You could hear it coming loud and clear through that they thought that this was a a really important thing, a really important good, idea in class. Good job, kids. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was really refreshing because you know you. I, I, after we've read several almost thousand pieces of testimony at this point, oh my god, that's for right? sure. Uh, because because we've of course read all of the immunization testimony. Oh, you know, and are, it, it and it keeps coming in. It keeps coming in. You know, it's over two thousand of those at this point. Um, it does get to be a little bit formulaic. And it does get to be a little bit, you can kind of see, all right, here's uh, there's the MEA. We kind of know what they're going to say on this. And here's these folks. And we know what they're going to say on that, the MSMA, et cetera. But it was really refreshing to just hear some like student voices. And so yeah. some, it was, it was, I just thought that was, it was so refreshing and it made me actually excited to read more. It did, yeah. <laughs> That's funny you say that because I had the same thing. Once I realized the, the kid's testimony was not all going to be the same. They all took a slightly different tack to it. Uh, it was really nice to read. Yeah, yeah. So, it was, so pretty much everyone's in favor except uh, MSMA, uh, which is their usual. This is mandated curriculum. We're not in favor of mandated curriculum. Uh, there is a process that you need to go through. Right. Which was, and they're, they're, they, a lot of these they want to make sure that we're not disputing the validity of. The, the need for these type of things, uh, whether it's, you know, new wellness education or new uh, Holocaust education or new whatever education, it's like, but we have a process. And if we don't go through the process, then why do we have a process? Right. And it wasn't, is, it wasn't just a fair point. It is. It wasn't just MSMA. The DOE said, yeah, I said, quote, while the DOE supports the teaching of the Holocaust, the DOE respects local control and the ability of school districts to make curricular decisions, therefore does not traditionally mandate specific topics or content regarding what should be taught, end quote. So 
DOE is also like, we think it's important. You know, they say later on, we believe it's important to have a historically accurate understanding of the Holocaust. But there's also other stuff like civil rights movements, American Revolution, Civil War, yep. women's suffrage, 14th Amendment. And how do we then pick and choose? Exactly. So I like the idea of having more of a, a generalized curriculum on that sort of thing about learning targets that the like the Holocaust could be a piece of that one that just naturally fits into what uh, the, the targets are for kids. That makes perfect sense. Yes. But mandating the curriculum, in, in fact, this is the way you're going to teach it. Uh, was kind of like, I'm not so sure about that one. Yeah, that's that. That's where I see this one heading. It, you know, and we and we we actually reviewed Agreed. this one in the titles episode way back when. Remember that? We just had the that titles. Was, that seems like years ago, ages ago, and it was only a couple months. And we're like, <laughs> it was only a couple. It months. only was we're like, but we're like, this sounds like a great idea. No way, it's going to go through. Yeah, that's what we think also. Uh, none of these, by the way, have had a work hearing at this time, uh, so we don't know the results of any of these particular ones. Uh, so this one, this next one is LD665, which is an act to enact. Ah, oh, that's kind of hard to say. An act it? to it's an act to enact. <laughs> I'll just move on. An act to enact the Campus Free Expression Act. Woohoo! We had a lot to say about this one. Yeah, well, yeah, we did. I, I we did. I'm I'm. Totally, I'm I'm totally in favor of this. I think this is fine, and you were you were concerned that uh, people would start like suing over it. Yeah, which wasn't really any of the testimony on this one. Uh, again, what this one does is authorize a person who wishes to engage in an expressive activity, as defined in the bill, in an outdoor area of campus of a public institution of higher ed to do so freely, as long as it's lawful and does not materially and substantially disrupt the functioning of the public institution of higher ed. Uh, basically, it disallows you to uh, designate a free speech zone on a public campus. Uh, and I was kind of, I was kind of like, uh, I, I don't know about this. This, this could get all over the place. And uh, the testimony kind of seemed exactly as I kind of figured. So, community college system and the the university main system was like, no, we we don't we don't want this. Uh, there isn't really a problem about this one. And I'm looking at the main community college system testimony yeah. uh, by the, their general counsel. And she says, to the extent that this bill largely restates federal law, it's unnecessary and excessive. Uh, federal constitutional law governing free speech is an enormous comprehensive body of law. There's absolutely no need for a duplicate framework of state law. And then to the extent that this law conflicts with federal law, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then it talks about the, uh, my favorite part of the, this entire testimony was uh, it mentions the supremacy clause of the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, this, this, this felt like a term paper. Yeah, it was really good. So it says, because this bill conflicts with federal law under the supremacy clause of the U.S. Constitution, the community colleges would be obliged to follow federal law. When state law conflicts with federal law governing the same subject, federal law prevails. And then it talks about, okay, so what does this conflict happen? It talks about the problem that speakers will try to exercise rights they don't have and confusion will be created where none currently exists. 
And the ACLU says the exact same thing. And pretty much all the other uh, like personal testimony was like, I have the right to say whatever I want, wherever right. I want. Which isn't exactly no. true, of course, as, as we know about free speech. It's, it's not exactly what you think it might be, which is why it's so confusing for people that free speech, you don't have perfect free speech all of the time. I can say what I want when I want to whomever I want, and there are no consequences for it. Isn't that how it works? Uh, apparently, that should be a new required piece of the curriculum because that is not how it works. Oh. I know. It's depressing. There are limitations to free speech. That's un-American. Um, Move back to the whatever country you came from. Hey, freedom isn't free. Isn't that a song? I don't know. Okay, it sounds like something Chris Christopherson would have sung. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. LD259, which is an act to require the state to meet the mandatory 55% contribution to schools. We're getting into our favorite ones, the money ones. Yeah, we're we're really this is our this is our our ballywick. This is where we're, we're, we're <laughs> we really know, strong. At the oh, we are so strong at this. Wait yeah. till we do our uh, labor relations podcast. Oh, that's <laughs> we're all be, over it. That's that's going to be some magical pod right there. <laughs> magical wasn't exactly the word I was thinking, but I get it. <laughs> so this one talks about uh, basically uh, needs to meet mandatory fifty five percent as required by law. Period. Period. And and that's it. And which, which everybody's in favor of. Every, I, yeah, I, I don't think anyone was was against this. No, they they weren't. But they're all now, like, yeah, we get it. It's not going to happen. But now I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask you a question. Where do you see this going? Leaving committee. How do you see it leaving committee? Oh, uh, ought to pass with probably some amendment. Uh, you think so? In, in an eight to five, eight to five. Yeah, and then it'll die at appropriations. Yeah, I think it's a divided report, ought to pass, um, and then it will die in appropriations as well. We should be their prognosticators. We should. We we are. We well, you know what? We are the Professor Trelawney of the of the Cultural Affairs and Education Committee. Wow, that was pretty good, right there. Yeah, we're we are a divinations class. I'm so, reading Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban <laughs> with, my, with my daughter at the moment. I couldn't tell. <laughs> Let's go to the next one, which was which was cool for a different reason. LD eleven seventy. This is the last one of the of the twenty second. It's an act to raise the floor of state education funding. It's all going to raise us about six inches or so. Yeah, I really wish they would raise the roof. I I know, really. The hand you could see all those state employees just dancing around. Yeah, and by the way, that was such a predictable joke that I made that I'm really hoping that everyone in their cars or their to treadmills or whatever literally went, ugh. No, you all did. Well, I did that here, for God's sakes. Yeah, I'm not I even really, in the same that, room. Honestly, that was, my, that was my full intention because any reaction works. So the summary for this one was one <laughs> I had no idea what it was. It talks yeah. about, uh, <laughs> as usual... This bill changes the formula for determining the minimum state allocation for a school administrative unit to be the unit's total cost of education as adjusted, multiplied by 15%, or the unit's special education costs as adjusted, whichever is greater. And I'm like, okay. See, it it has me. Okay, I'm with you. Uh, Changes the formula. All right. State allocation. Yep. Unit's total cost of education. As soon as it says as adjusted, I'm lost. Yeah. Oh, I was all done. Fortunately, like, on this one, 
the testimony helped. Yeah. Helped me understand. It's, oh, well, uh, first of all, help me understand this is going nowhere. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, mainly, everybody was concerned that raising the floor of giving money to uh, school administrative units will actually take away some money because there's needs to be a higher lower end. Uh, that was a weird statement, but a higher floor, as it were. But it's going to take away money from other municipalities, and that's just not fair. They all said, "Yeah." If the the only way this works is if you put more money into it, which goes back to the fifty five percent part. Uh, and they said, "We don't. We, even though we're like minimum receivers of state aid, and we'd love to have more, uh, we know that the way it's written right now." is it'll take money away from others and we're uncomfortable with that. Which I totally get. I, I do too. One of the best parts about this bill also, I forgot to say, uh, right at the top of my piece of paper here, it says corrected copy. Please destroy gonna... all previous copies. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. Yeah, so I'm I'm assuming when they destroy the previous copies, they just snap and it's gone. Yeah, that works. <laughs> Or more probably that one. <laughs> That's added Let's, in and post, folks. Added in and post. Let's go to the twenty third, where there's four more bills to talk about. A lot of a lot going on. They're all going on. The place. Yeah, they really were, and and really these days were were not themed well at all because you got to stick stuff in here somewhere. But I did learn about a new particular thing which I did not know about uh, at all beforehand. Uh, especially after we previewed this one. Right. Uh, I didn't know anything about it then. And I was reading the testimony. I learned quite a bit. So we're going to start with that that one. Actually, it's LD 1216, an act to support community schools. Now, you had a question about what is a community school. <laughs> Which means anything I learned would have helped from that. Yeah, see, that? <laughs> you had a very low floor. No, I was not raising it in any way, shape, or form. That's for sure. Well, let's see if we can uh, raise that floor a, a little bit. So what, 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 what is a community school? So a community school, and again, I'm just learning a little bit, is yeah. where it really talks about bringing in community resources, being part of the school. So it's not just you have a school system in your particular town or district. Uh, you have a school which is part of businesses and food shelters and uh, mental health services, right. and basically all big part of one big team and making that very explicit. Right. But also having some money to help support that, which I liked. And that that's what helped when uh, it makes, uh, again, this bill makes the DOE's community school pilot project permanent. It's authorized to designate five community schools uh, in the 20-21 school year and 10 additional schools biannually after that one. And it said, what I heard was there are three initially in the, in the project and only one is current. The other two uh, kind of dropped out. Mm -hmm. So uh, this was sponsored by Senator Millette and on her testimony, she attached a whole excerpt of what community schools are, which is like 10 pages or so, which I am staring at over on the table right there that I have to read later and see what this looks like. <laughs> uh, because I am all over this. If we're going to start community schools up again, which I hope this goes through uh, with some money involved with it. And they have all kinds of uh, ideas about where this has happened across the country. And he's a, here are the success rates because of it. 
And there's all kinds of great testimony on this one. And, and there's, nobody says no. Uh, but this is something that, that uh, we could use in my particular district uh, as we want to partner more with our community members and bring, make them part of the school rather than like we always talk about bringing in the community to our school. Let's just make them part of it. And so they're part of us and we're part of them. Yep, I, I I fully agree. I wish I, I I wish this was part of the intentional school design that schools are created. And if schools could go back and redesign themselves, I think they would actually intentionally go back and figure out how they can look at folks like their local chamber of commerces and local food shelters and local um, other community organizations and say, let's do this collaboratively and let's figure out how to improve our community together. Agreed. So I think that one. Uh, that one better go ought to pass just like as through and talk about the money and how that how that all works. I think that'd be a fantastic idea. You heard it here first. Breaking news, Matt. Breaking news. Matt threatens education and cultural affairs committee. Oh, I'm not done with that. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, let's go to the next one. LD 237, which was an act to appropriate funds for coaching services for existing and new pre-kindergarten programs. There was um, very little testimony for this. I see two pieces, two. including the including the representative uh, Farnsworth's uh, presentation one, yes. and one piece from the DOE. And I actually do have something to say about this one. Yeah, and it, this is the one that provides ongoing funds for coaching services to provide teaching support for new and existing pre-K programs throughout the state, which, as we know, uh, is something relatively new that they're all that we that you know public pre-K is now. Yeah, three hundred fifty thousand right, dollars coaching service, which is which is pretty pretty good. Yeah, which is pretty good. So Representative Farnsworth talks about this is, you know, we kind of need some. We want to, he wants ways to think, uh, I'll, I'll quote here. I was trying to think what would be the best way to promote the universal pre-K initiative. Their advice indicated there was money in the budget for the expansion, and they thought coaches would be really useful. So I'm reading the DOE's testimony, and they said, well, it's unclear, quote, it is unclear if the funding in this bill is going to util be utilized by the DOE to secure pre-K coaches to support classrooms or if it will be flowing directly to schools. I'm like, okay, that's, that's fair because it doesn't exactly say that. And then they say, basically, we'd rather do it ourselves. We want it to stay. We want the money to stay here right. at DOE. Why? I get it from their point of view, but... I'm not sure if that's the best way to do it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure either. Um, I, I know why they would want it. Of course, no one wants that kind of money being taken away from them. I mean, um, and that, over, and that oversight, whatnot. But also, if this is a better way for it to work, isn't it, isn't that for the greater good thing? You know, I'm just thinking of the way that the DOE has implemented coaches in the past for a variety of initiatives and programs. 100% successful. And uh, let's just say it's the exact opposite of that. <laughs> so I am not confident in that in any way, shape or form. <laughs> so I'd be very interested in seeing, uh, what happens with that one. Yeah. Uh, again, two pieces of evidence uh, of uh, evidence of testimony. So I'm not exactly sure where it's going. Uh, speaking of not a whole lot of testimony, we're on our next one is LD 1262 an act to allow funds from the federal E-rate program to be applied to main preschool programs. I, I don't see this uh, going This anywhere. was two pieces of testimony. And it's a concept draft. And it is a concept draft. And it's going to ensure that 
uh, ensure the preschools in Maine are eligible for federal E-rate program funding. I think, I, think the, one, I think the idea is solid, but I think at this point in the legislature, at this point in the everything, given that it's only a concept draft at this point, I, I don't see anything really happening with it. No, because it's going to, there's some weird money involved. Yeah. And it, again, it's just like, I don't see it. You're right. Let's just move on. That makes it easier. Uh, so we'll go to the last one of the day, LD 1343, which is an act to improve health education and physical education in schools, presented by Representative Daughtry of Brunswick. And I, this I, is the I, one. I have, a, I have an issue with this one by its title alone. It should not be to improve health education. It should be to increase time of health education and physical education. So Matt is auditioning for the job of headline writer for these <laughs> LDs for second session. Well, that was what we talked about in the previews, that it, all it did was increase the time. Yeah, some of these titles are definitely misleading. That's for sure. Uh, this summary, again, requires instruction in elementary, junior high, and secondary schools. Again, junior high? What? Come on to include at least half an hour a day of health education and one hour per day of phys ed instruction, an hour and a half of required time. Uh, so MSMA says, are you kidding? All the health people said, yeah, of course, we have a lot of uh, obese kids, uh, overweight kids. Uh, well, and all, and, all, physical. and all the science that, that goes along with the fact that, you know, both healthy and active kids lead to better academically uh, su successful kids. Yeah, there's, absolutely. There's a, there's a mountain of research behind all of that, and we talked about that in our preview. Like, yeah, I'd be okay with it if it's if it if it talking about you know improving physical activity, but that's not what this bill really does. It's not about improving it; it's increasing the time, and just and more time does not mean better. Exactly right. Again, going nowhere. Going nowhere. Not at all. That completes our April 22nd and 23rd. Wow. Reviews. I know we're just flying through these that was things a, now. That was a potpourri of uh, acts. <laughs> Where can you find us, Matt? <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Main Ed Matters or on Facebook, Main Education Matters. Uh, on both of those pages, of course, you can see our, up, our continuously updating spreadsheet with all of the bills, all the things that have been happening this session. Um, some have gotten voted from on the House to the Senate. A few bills have been enacted uh, and signed by the governor. And you can go see all those are right there. And um, while you're out there, give us a rate and a review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it. Yes. It helps us jump the charts of politics uh, right above the daily from the New York times. That's our goal. That, that is our goal. Yeah. We're you know mildly yeah. ambitious. <laughs> so get on it, people start reviewing and thank you. If you do, yeah, thank you. Bye. All right, we'll talk to you soon.